Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey there, mutant lovers. You're listening to Two Dudes Mutant Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we are talking about those fucking freaky leaky, deaky weekies. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, shut up. <laughs> We're talking about the fucking weirdos, man. Those weirdos with the, the blue hairy bodies and the blue skin. There's a lot of blue mutants now that I'm thinking about there it. There is, yeah. There's two with blue skin, one with blue fur. Who else is blue? Dabu D Dabu Die. Avatar? <laughs> oh, God. It's we not, are not talking Avatar's about Avatar's not movie. even the name of a character. <laughs> <laughs> you know that cool character from the movie Avatar? Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> the true story of the man named Avatar. <laughs> and that bald fuck in the wheelchair and that dude with the unibrow. Is that what his superpower is? Who? Cryclops. Oh, that's, I thought I was looking, thinking of blue people. <laughs> oh, and, no, no, no. Past the blue people now. I like calling them Cryclops, by the way, because that's all he does. Because we are talking Dark Phonics. The end of an era. Yeah, the end of two eras, kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, mean, I think they tried to make it all one era. That was probably a mistake. The, I guess the original plan was to do one through three, and then they were like, oh, we can make more money. But then three was bad, so like let's erase all like it's yeah, but weird. They didn't even go to erase three until the fifth movie. I thought first class was gonna be a full blown reboot, which was totally fine and would make sense. Yeah, just given timeline, because now we we live in a world where we are to believe that in like ten years time, not eight years time, it's gonna go from Professor X looking like James McAvoy to Patrick Stewart. Yeah. In only eight years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, Fox. It's what's your, what's your opinion on, on the, on the X-Men movies? This is a really tough subject for me because X-Men is my number one in terms of comic books and Marvel and how I got into all of it. It was all through X-Men for me. I feel like uh, that's how it is for a lot of people. Yeah. I know a lot of people that just got in just from, the animated series, yeah, the animated series, and yep, then they that was went huge. into X Men and yep, Wolverine is such a popular character and everything. Yeah, X Men is my childhood. It just all of it. So I am very familiar with these stories and these characters and all of their backgrounds and every millionth connection they have. Maybe not so much currently because holy shit, has there been like a lot of crazy t twists and turns in their all of their stories? Now there's like X Men Red, X Men Black, X Men Gold, X Men Blue. I was a fan of all new X Men. There's all new X Men. There's Uncanny X Men. There's it's there's a thousand different X Men. I'm actually reading 
Ed Pisker has these. They're like retellings of classic X Men stories. Oh, oh, you showed me this, right? Really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love the way the artwork and everything looks like that. I've been so I've been looking at those, but those aren't really new stories. They're just the old stories being retold in like a new format. But it's really cool, and yeah, I I love revisiting these stories. And this is a story that has now been visited twice in cinema form. Yeah, I mean mainly I, because it's. I like... may argue it's never been visited at all. Well... <laughs> It is one of like the most popular, I guess, integral. Yeah, I, jarring. I, I, I think I think it's one of the most beloved by fans of comic books. Like, yeah, it's just known like this is an it's an epic story. You have some of like the greatest minds in comic book writing, especially from like the eighties and nineties, working on this. Now, like obviously, I wasn't reading comics back then, but from what I've read, Jean Grey was a beloved character. Yeah, and then, she's the original X Men. Yeah, and then all like throughout the saga leading up to spoiler alert, her dying, it was a huge like deal. And then with a lot of comic books, when the characters die, they just bring them back right away. But they left Jean Grey dead for like six years, yeah, so it was, it was like it was like a minute. huge deal. Yeah, understandably, it's a pretty difficult story to pull off in one movie. Hence, why I don't think anybody should be trying to do it in one movie. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Maybe they were like, oh, shit, we're, we're getting bought. We just need to do it. This- Let's just push this turd out quick. Yeah, we got to do this. I guess spoiler for kind of how I feel, but I mean, man, it's hard when you're making comic book movies because I, I try to, especially like we've, we've done all the Marvel episodes, right? And I, one thing I always like saying is that I'm okay with directors or studios taking a different spin on the characters, changing which character is used for which moment. Like, if you want to nitpick Infinity War, Hulk isn't the one who warns them of Thanos. It's Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer's not in the Marvel Universe, so they use somebody different. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with changing certain things to make sense within the storylines you've already created and the characters that you already have. And they do that with Days of Future Past. Isn't Days of Future yeah. Past Kitty Pride and then they use Logan? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, she's in it too and there is... But yeah. she's the one that goes back in time in the comics, right? Right, there's, yeah. So there's yeah. these differences and stuff and I'm totally fine with that. Then you have them making this movie or Last Stand and they're just like, I read the comics, let's use 1% of that story... <laughs> And the rest, we will make it up as we go. I am highly influenced by X-Men Origins, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this movie, like its climax, kind of feels like a train wreck, but we will. We'll get we'll get into it. I mean, we'll get into it. I'm... I feel like I think we feel a little bit differently about it. Right. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is having been fans of the comics and me like having read this and grew up with these stories. I'm going to feel personally attacked by this movie at certain points. So I might be coming at it a lot harder than most casual viewers or anybody who's really just a, you know, superhero movie fan right now who's not somebody who cared about the comics, reads comics at all, and only knows these characters through these movies. You know, maybe that's a different story for them. But for me, you might be you might be hearing some fire. <laughs> Might be hearing me bring the heat on this episode. This review is going to be lit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuego. <laughs> Jeez. We actually, we started teaching one of my um, older coworkers at work slang. Nice. Um, but he's not, 
he's not um retaining uh i guess the context well like like when you would use it so we taught him um hard the other day like okay like you know you go hard when you do you do things i actually showed them the video of that guy doing his video for whatever julia so, oh, so yeah. I, the way i described it to him I was like it's when you go full throttle yeah <laughs> and and then i was like or you know some people you hard body like they, they do it like when like they're tough like you know yeah. I'm, I'm, and so the other day uh i don't even know how he wanted this to sound but he literally went there's a kid tom standing behind him and then he went man this boy behind me is making me hard right now and we were like whoa yeah we, were like, <laughs> we just i just went that is the exact it's the exact kind of guy you need to teach slang to because I want, I want to hear all of those <laughs> instances. <laughs> People misusing certain certain words. Love it. Yeah, he's been saying uh, East Coast and West Coast, but he's just been saying it like he's like, "Hey, East Coast, I'm going to the West Coast." <laughs> We're like, "Cool, okay, he sounds hip. <laughs> yeah, sounds it. All right." <laughs> you you got to keep him on like a tape delay. You only teach him slang from like ten years ago. <laughs> Let him let him slowly, slowly get acclimated to it. It started because he heard, I guess, his daughter say uh, that she's got the T on someone, which I've never really heard oh. of. But then, oh, you don't know, you don't know. Now tea? I now I know what it is. So he actually taught me slang, and then when oh, he was wow. like, "What?" He was like, "What other slang?" And then, so we were we were, we were teaching him some some stuff. Um, yeah, but it's not it's not working out the way you'd want it to. Well, maybe it is the way you'd want to work it out. You know what? There's a lot of things not working out these days, <laughs> and one of those things. Kind of relates to the movie we're talking about today. Well, it definitely relates to the movie we're talking about today. If you want to talk about things not working out and Fox handling this. But there's another saga that kind of hasn't been working out to the fans liking. So what I want to do is I just want to go somewhere. Maybe not even somewhere, but some when. You know what I mean? Talking time. I'm talking, talking a long time ago. And you know what? Maybe I do want to talk about where. Maybe I want to talk about somewhere far, not just far away, but far, far away. That's more than far. That's really far. <laughs> That's dose far. Dose far? That's Jafar. <laughs> we're going back to our Aladdin <laughs> review. But no, we're not. What I'm going to do is I'm going to grab one of my ball droids. Okay. I'm going to hop into my ex wing and I'm going all the way to the trailer park. That was pretty good. Yeah, grabbing my ball and hopping in my ex. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, from that, you can kind of tell what trailer we're going to do today, huh? Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Enter the Skywalker. <laughs> Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Is it Rise of Skywalker or Rise of the Skywalker? Who fucking cares? I care. I like these movies. Listen, man. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. The I hate Rise that of name. Skywalker. I hate that name. Yeah, that's um that's not as bad as the rumored name for episode eight. What was the rumored name? Well, it was a rumored name because Disney bought it like a IP address. Or okay. they bought they bought a domain name. And oh, yeah. um but I think it was for like a mobile app or something like that. But it was Forces of Destiny. Yeah, that I would. No, have, that's worse than Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I think so. I hate it. You don't know the context. I don't care. <laughs> don't care for the context because none of these other ones had names in it. It wasn't like 
Vader rides again. You know what I mean? That's how this feels. This feels like a kind of, uh, it feels like one of those crazy Godzilla titles that we were talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah Star Wars, the force inside us attacks the dark Sith <laughs> of the Skywalker ranch. <laughs> George Lucas is just sitting in his, in his living yeah. room and he looks up and there's a fucking Star Destroyer above him. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be good for any of us. I think we may have pushed things a little too far. <laughs> Jar Jar, fire up the Cadillac. <laughs> Jar Jar is key to all of this. Um, <laughs> oh, if this movie was called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Jar Jar, I'd be fully on board. You'd be like, hell yeah! He's imagine he is actually the key to all of this. I don't get I don't get bogged down with the subtitle. If the subtitle is is bad, but the movie's great, I don't give a shit. But just look at the context of all the other subtitles. I don't count A New Hope. It's just Star Wars. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of Jafar. <laughs> Luke and the 40 Thieves. Yes. <laughs> trying to th- Those are all the Aladdin ones, right? No, Return of the Jedi. Yep. The Phantom Menace. I hate that one. I don't know, man. That one, I think is it's just, yo, are you menace? Who's Dennis the Menace? Oh, you're, yeah, you rascal. <laughs> <laughs> the ghostly rascal. I mean, I I also don't like uh, Attack of the Clones because that that, that does that sounds like no a bad sense. sci-fi. Attack of the Clones, and then the clones are good guys, and they fight for like five minutes at the end. It's like, what yeah. did they attack? <laughs> it's that's like, true. They didn't actually attack. That's a anything. that's a bad name. And then you got Revenge, uh, of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, which is fine, but that's kind of plain. But Rise of Skywalker. Well, I mean, we have Force Awakens, and then we have fucking what's the what's the second to last one again? Something Jedi. The Jedi of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. <laughs> like, is that what it is? It is The Last Jedi. Okay, okay. Uh, and now we got the rise of Skywalker. I don't know, man. All the Skywalkers are dead. Well, that's maybe why it's intriguing. It's like, what are you doing? All right. If this movie comes out and they fully retcon Last Jedi, mm-hmm. how would you feel? Fine. <laughs> Wouldn't it feel cheap, though? Um, Not that I love, I have like a, a big attachment to Last Jedi. Obviously, I, it just took me like five minutes to figure out its name. The Last Jedi felt cheap to me. Yeah, but now, <laughs> so I wouldn't mind if they retconned it. Yeah, but then wouldn't it feel kind of like you're bowing down to the fans and like what they're demanding of you and being like, "All right, sorry, we killed him. He's back." One movie later. Oh, you're Luke saying you're back. saying br- bring Luke back? Doesn't it feel like that's what they're hinting at? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Do you think it has something to do with Darth Vader? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I feel like at some point you're going to find out that someone is related to Skywalker or there's another line of Skywalker or something like that. But I mean, so stupid. It would be stupid if it was right. The one thing I actually did like in the second one, because I just thought it was a big middle finger, was they're like, who's raised parents? Nobody's. (laughs) They're junkers. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. But that's probably a red herring. Or I think they're going to make it so that was a red herring. Or maybe like or uh, that was a way that Kylo was just trying to like beat her down mm-hmm. and like get her to the dark side and be like, yeah, your parents were nobodies. Well, isn't Kylo Ren technically a Skywalker? Yeah, he is. But I don't know. I oh, I, maybe it's maybe it's him coming to power. If if this whole saga ends and the dark side wins, I would actually be happy with that. <laughs> I another thing that I actually really liked about the second one was I liked what they did with Kylo Ren's character because in the first one he's kind of just like a whiny 
baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, I mean, there was he's so a, much attention. In this one, he's a brooding baby boy. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there was so much attention to to Snoke and who Snoke is and this and that, and they're just like, oh, he's also like nobody because the real baddie is Kylo Ren, and now he's just an unhinged like crazy fucker with you know all the power now. Yeah. And I kind of like that. There's that always be... two Sith though. Yeah. So who's yeah. the other Sith? Well. I mean, they explain in this trailer. Well, do you want to watch this trailer? Let's watch this trailer. All right. Oh, I didn't realize Lucasfilm worked on this. (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I was like, are you? Oh, okay. You're joking. (laughs) We've passed on all we know. Did you see Daisy Ridley's um, interview about this trailer? Nope. She she just kept dropping the F-bomb. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is your fight. It's like the part that's coming up. She's like, look at this bat flick. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, Calm down, lady. You work for Disney now. She gets hit by. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> that would be a little, is that an A-wing right there? Oh, yeah, new droid. There you go. Lando's in this one. Yeah. Cool with that. Something I like about this is it looks like all the characters are in a lot of different places in this one. Yeah. No one's ever really gone. Oh. Oh shit. Oh. So the Emperor's still alive? I don't know. That's what it seems like. You got Palpatine's laughing there. Yeah. Why, you think that's a red herring also? I don't know. Imagine he's still alive, but in like a um, the fuck's his name from Power Rangers, the giant, the giant head in the tube, Zordon. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of those. He's just, just he's his just... head in a tube. I mean, they never actually like they sh- showed him get thrown down, whatever it was. Yeah, but like you never actually saw him die. So, uh, so you're trying you're trying to say like almost like a uh, Darth Maul type deal. Yeah, where it's like he could still be alive down there. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, it, it's interesting. I like I like that they're. It looks like they're actually gonna go to Endor. That's what I was saying, kind of, because you can see the scraps of the the, Death the Star? original Death Star yeah. on the ground. Because in the finale of Return of the Jedi, where with the Ewoks and everything, that's a the forest moon of Endor. Mm. That's not Endor. If I'm I think I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that that's right. What if Kylo Ren became good and Ray went bad? <laughs> That'd be fine. I'd be fu- for a double, uh, double turn, double, double turn. I don't know. Yeah, heel turn and a face turn. Although Kylo, I'm not a fan of him as a villain. No, you weren't even a fan of him in the Last Jedi. No. Oh, uh, see, I, I didn't like him in in the first one. I loved him in in the second one though. He doesn't do it for me. You know what? I almost feel bad because I've seen some good movies with him. I don't really like Adam Driver. Oh, I really like Adam Driver. 
I don't really <laughs> I'm, I don't buy him in like a lot of things. I liked him in Black Klansman. I was gonna say Black Klansman. Did you see Logan Lucky? No, I didn't. He's really good in Logan Lucky. Really? I yeah. should watch that. I should watch that. But yeah, I just don't buy him a lot. I've seen a lot of him in Girls because Megan watched watched Girls. He's just not for me. I think. Okay, fair enough. There's a scene in The Last Jedi where he's got his shirt off and it looks like his entire body is just like an upside down triangle. Like he's all like head, shoulders, and then everything just comes to a point. He's all head, shoulders, knees, and toes. No, knees no, he, and toes. no knees and toes. Knees, no knees and toes. No knees and toes. <laughs> I like him though. I, I think he's got some good acting chops. More so than I think people give him credit for after The Force Awakens. Man. But does this trailer make you excited for this movie? Yeah. Really? This movie got me hyped as hell when I saw it. Or this trailer got me hyped as hell the first time I saw it. What about it is bringing that to you? I don't I like uh like I said I like that there it looks like all the characters are involved whereas in the last one it was literally half the characters were on one ship that was floating through space getting shot at for 2 hours. Yeah. And it, and then I mean I hated the hated the fucking um Poe and Rose thing where they like went to the casino planet. Yeah. by themselves. This looks like it, they're all kind of like going to different locations and stuff, and there actually is a mission and a driving force behind it. And it looks like there's going to be more surprises in this one than the last one. Also, it's just the last one, and the second one didn't make you feel like the story was progressing at all. No. So they've really got to wrap this up and like find a way to bring together the story. And J.J. Abrams is directing this one. He did the first, you know, episode seven. He should have. I don't know why he didn't just do the. He should have done all of them. So, I mean, I know a lot of people were like, oh, Seven is like too much like A New Hope. And yeah, it is a lot like A New Hope, but it was still fun. enjoyable. It was fun. It was really enjoyable. I mean, I'd say it's better than any of the prequels. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's I mean, it, it is. It's one of my favorites. I think they were killing it when Seven was great. And then Rogue One was amazing. And then yeah. the last two have been very underwhelming. I think J.J. Abrams is going to be able to at least complete his vision for it. And based on the first one that he did, I think he did a great job. So I'm hoping that he can he can bring you know bring this home and at least put a bow on it. Also, Disney has a lot at stake for it. Yeah, I mean they've already said after this because they have been doing great, they're going to hold off on some yeah, Star Wars stuff. They're gonna they're gonna do the shows. I think they're working on the Mandalorian, but I mean you got to give them some hope for it. And also there was kind you gotta of give like, them a new hope for it. Exactly. And <laughs> but they they said that. You know, they're going to do the shows, but the next trilogy is completely unrelated. And they've kind of planted some seeds here and there. There was the, the broom boy at the end of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this might leave you off in a place that might make you be like, okay, so maybe this is like what the world is going to look like or the universe, I guess, or the galaxy. Like, because I'm hoping it's not going to be a thing where it's like war, the Empire's back in the next one, you know? like Yeah, and it's just some other person. Yeah, this will give you some sort of re- resolve with the world and but, what you can expect going forward. So do you think this is going to set up like another Jedi? I think, yeah, I think this is going to set up maybe the next lineage of Jedi. Hmm. But I think, didn't what they establish... In... What if Rey is a Kenobi? Oh, that'd be cool. I actually read a fan theory, and I don't know if it's the one that holds the most water, but it's the one that seems the most interesting and that I was hoping for going into Last Jedi. The whole thing is, like, this red herring that they're trying to, like, show you, like, Rey's probably a Skywalker, and that's why she has the Force. But then... It's it too obvious being, to do that. It's... Yeah, and then it actually being she's a Kenobi, and then finding out that this whole saga we thought was about the Skywalkers, it's actually about the Kenobis because if you want to look at it, it almost, you can use these last three to reshape the entire thing because like he trained 
Darth Vader, and then he's the one who set up Luke Skywalker on the path to destroy Darth Vader, mm-hmm. or at least you know try to save him something. Yeah. So all of that is could you could argue is centered around old Ben Kenobi and you know ben Kenobi. Leia looking for Obi Wan. Ben Kenobi is the uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, of his movies. he kind of is. Yeah, he kind of is. He sacrificed himself and just disappeared and was just like, Luke, there's no other way. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you go and you look at the prequels and you see him with his trainer and then him becoming the master to young Anakin and everything. And then that whole, that whole story goes off. Now, if, if Rey is the lineage of obi-wan and she comes back in a way like obi-wan kenobi is like there to set the universe straight again Mm -hmm. then you make it like he was actually the chosen one the whole time it was never luke it was him yeah that could be a cool twist it would be cool i mean i like i said i don't their their titles through these movies have never been like too like on the nose i guess yeah like, well, Empire Strikes Back's pretty em- on the em- nose. Empire Strikes Back is, but like I, I find it hard to believe that like this movie is literally gonna be like the rise of Luke Skywalker or something like that. It like it could I just think- be Leia bake some bread. <laughs> and you watch you watch the dough rise. <laughs> be so sick. The dough does rise in the first in episode seven. Remember she puts that water on that bread? Oh yeah. Uh, there you go. There it is. That's what it it's actually just loop looping back to that. Ray's <laughs> like, I give up this life. Let them do what they they do. I'm just going to go home and eat some of that weird wet bread. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm excited that I like that the the Death Stars in it, so they're going to be at least linking this back to the original films a little bit more it looks like. The Emperors in there you get to find more stuff about what he have, you know, what happened with him. I like that Lando's in it. Uh one of the few like good things of Solo was Lando. Yeah. I like that character a lot. Yeah, um, but you know, how much of that is actually going back to uh Donald Glover's performance. Yeah. I mean he I mean I'd he was he good. really he really pulls that off. But that character is a cool character. Like yeah. he, he kind of plays both sides of the fence and stuff like that. Oh so. yeah, which we see even in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming you're gonna get good cinematography. It's it's JJ yeah. Abrams. I like you know this scene. There's all the reds and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm looking forward to. it. I think it's gonna be made well. I think hopefully the vision comes full circle, and then you'll feel good about it. Well, I think I'm gonna go into it with low expectations. That way, I could be blown away. Because I've learned a harsh lesson, especially this year for movies. Mm-hmm. Don't go to any movie with any expectation, <laughs> which is how I used to do it, and I would be more pleasantly pleased but now since we've been doing this podcast and like watching trailers and stuff i get excited for these movies which is a horrible thing to do because now when you go to them you have a bar in your mindset and maybe it's not even a high bar but there's a bar nonetheless Mm -hmm. none of these movies have been hitting that bar almost none i should a slim percentage of these movies have been hitting the bar what are you talking about the 2019 movies 2019 in general yeah and yeah. we've had so many movies that we've been excited for and we've been just shit on. Yeah. Just straight up shit on. I th- the only last thing I wanted to say about it is they knew that Solo was going to be mediocre at best. Yeah. So they put the release date in like May. Yeah. They're keeping this at holiday, which is when they want to release these movies when they're confident in them. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I and I also completely agree about 2019. This movie, this year has been rough. It's been really, really rough. rough. You texted me the other day. You're like, this is was the wrong year to start this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because like, <laughs> everything that we're like, we've talked about on the pod that we're like, oh, we should go see that. Like, oh, I can't wait for this to come out or we do a trailer park on it. Then the movie comes out. We go see it. 
And then it's like, well, what's Rotten Tomato on it? 30, 26, 40, 50. Like, we are getting beat over the head with dog shit. Yeah, I actually went to go look and see if there's... Because, like we've said before, Rotten Tomatoes is just percentage of people who would recommend it. Right. So I was like, I wonder, like, how many people gave, like, Dark Phoenix or some, another movie, like, like a C-. minus, Like, not a failing grade, but, yeah, it, but, but it also went... Yeah. Amazing. So, like... I actually went and looked at like cinema score and stuff like that. And I was looking at a lot of these movies and some of them are higher. So I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe when I go see like a movie, like we're going to go see men in black this week and it's, yeah. and it's got a very low score right now. Like seeing it tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm kind of like, well, maybe it's not going to be that bad. Maybe it'll, you know, it'll, it'll just be like a C minor or something it's just like, like that. A popcorn flick. Yeah. Where it's like, but, I, I don't need over the top. Like I don't need Casablanca. Or The Godfather out I mean, of every I like movie it. I see. <laughs> yeah, like, li- I would like that to be a thing. That they were making quality movies. Yeah. I mean, that. like, look at the movies that we've given A's this year. Three? We, I think we've given four so far. Comic book movie, an action movie, yeah. um, and then a family movie. And a horror movie. And a horror movie. Like, there hasn't been, like, a movie yet that I would, like, I think Rocket Man is the first movie that we've done where I've been like, yeah, that's probably going to be an, in Oscar territory. Oh, yeah. Is legit the only thing I've seen that will get nominated for an Oscar outside of like <laughs> Endgame will probably get like a visual effects thing and you yeah. know what I mean like so there's like those technical Oscars but in terms of like best actor, best director, best mo- best movie like all that yeah Rocket Man's the only thing we've seen that's come up now there are some more like indie ones uh, that I want to get out to go and see that. For all we know, maybe they are contenders. I've heard a lot of good things about The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah, I want to see that. Really want to see that. And you know what? That's A24. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could there could be some stuff coming. And we're, we're pre-Oscar season anyways. Yeah, we are. So for all we know, they're saving some really good... I'm just hoping that Oscar season is just like banger after banger because... Yeah. This has been such a rough year. <laughs> like, really rough. Yeah, we are literally halfway through the year. We are in the middle of June, the sixth month. We are in the middle of the sixth month of the year. We are 50% of the way through this year. My list is mostly Ds. Yeah. I'm at 60 movies now. Yeah, man. It's been a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Been rough. On that note, you want to get into Dark Phoenix? <laughs> Let us do this. Now, what is your, maybe not expectation, but kind of like, what is your relationship to like these X-Men movies? And what were you kind of thinking going into this? Well, my, I guess my relationship with the X-Men movies, I'll start with that. I think on the second episode we ever did of this, we did Spider-Verse. Yeah. And I said on there that Spider-Man was was what got me into comics and stuff like that. Right. X-Men also contributed to that heavily. So I saw the first X-Men movie and I really liked it as a kid. And then I saw X2 when I was a little bit older. I think I was in like eighth grade when that came out. And that like blew me away. Game changer. Yeah. So good. So, I mean, I really loved the movies, at least the first two. Then... For a very long time, I was basically like, don't like any of these movies. I would say yeah. even up until I probably didn't get back into it until Deadpool. Wow, really? Yeah. See, because you, you want to know why? What? I like the dark tone on a lot of these movies because X-Men definitely does have a darker tone than like your Marvel like MCU movies. For sure. But so many of them just feel like action movies to me. They feel like very much cookie cutter action movies. There's not a lot special to them especially they do take a lot of liberties and stray from the comics which again i am fine with if you're still making a good movie 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can do things different from the comic book. Stray from the source material, it's fine. You're using the characters. You're creating your own story. It happens all the time in comic books. A new writer comes in. They have a new series, and they kind of reimagine the origins a little bit. Totally fine, but do it good. Yeah. <laughs> like, just make it good. Don't change a great story to make a bad story. You can change things from a great story and still make an interesting story. They're just not doing it. Nope. <laughs> not, not all the time. The success rate of this whole saga, they're probably 50-50, actually. Yeah, honestly. I have the scores on all the movies. We can talk about that at some point. Oh, but... yeah, that'd be great. I do want to rank out all of the, the Fox X-Men universe, which okay. is 12 movies. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that we're talking about, like, someone who I guess kind of feels unfamiliar with the characters or like wants to like change things because I said this to you right after you saw it, the director on this movie, director and writer. So this is entirely his vision. He's worked on almost all these X-Men movies. I know (laughs) he, the only two he, or he didn't work on one and two. Mm-hmm. He came on as a writer for X3. Probably the worst X-Men movie. Yeah. he he's, And then since then, the only other two that he didn't have a, his hand in were Origins and The Wolverine. Everything else he's touched. Pro- okay, producer so on First Class, on writer on Future Past, producer on Deadpool, writer on Apocalypse. Oh, so I guess First Class, he didn't have his hands in either. Oh, no, no, he was. I said I just said first class. Sorry about that. And then producer on Logan, producer on Deadpool, and then he's writer and director on Dark Phoenix. And this is his right or this is his directorial debut. Sure is. <laughs> but it's not his writer writing debut because he wrote a yeah, lot of these X Men movies and he wrote uh, Sherlock Holmes. Okay, which is like fine. RDJ. Yeah, Jumper, which I thought was fine. I didn't see it. See it. And then he also did Fant Four Stick. Jeez. <laughs> Which is butt. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's this guy's ability is all over the place. Yeah, but it's weird though because it's like at first glance I feel like you'd be like, This guy doesn't really know these characters. Like what the hell's going on? And then you're like I know. No, he actually should because he's worked on almost everything. Like I feel like almost if anyone was going to take on this task and like wrap up the whole thing, he wouldn't be a bad choice because he's worked on everything. <laughs> so yeah. it's like But you want to talk about the writing for a second? Let me just get through the cast and then we'll, we'll get on the writing because we'll just get out that. Yeah. I mean, great, really good cast. Also, like I almost like it's it kind of sneaks up on you because I don't know why it's snuck up on me. Maybe it's just because I haven't like rewatched a lot of these movies because, like I said, I don't really have the attachment to a lot of them. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this cast is like great. Like James McAvoy, uh, Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt. Uh, Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan. I keep forgetting he's uh, Ready yeah. Player One. I I, mm-hmm. I was like, who is? Oh my God, it's Ready Player One kid. It's Parsival. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Evan Peters, and then they brought in Jessica Chastain in, in this movie as a new character. So I'm like, the cast is really good on this. Like yeah. a lot of you know, hard hitters. But getting to the writing, they did not have much to work with. <laughs> yeah, I cannot believe that the writer of this movie is somebody who's written for even one other X-Men movie because this feels like it was written by somebody who had heard of the X-Men the day they started writing the script. <laughs> They're like, we need you to write an X-Men movie. Who? Oh, and, and then they wikipedia it. So women? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were once men? They, yeah. <laughs> it is 2019. But this watching this movie is like reading a bad Wikipedia page. Honestly, the Wikipedia page for the Dark Phoenix saga 
does a better job giving you the story than this movie does. <laughs> this movie is so fucking convoluted. And granted, it's a big chunk of storyline to take on from the comics. I'll give you that. But this movie, I feel like it tried to juggle. But you know when you watch somebody juggle and they don't know how to juggle? <laughs> so they're not juggling? <laughs> so they're not juggling. They literally just throw three things in the air flail their hands around and everything crashes to the ground they literally catch nothing mm -hmm. that's this movie <laughs> i uh i said this before we started recording and you, you agreed but like it's called the dark phoenix saga mm -hmm. you can't do this as one movie no stop trying to <laughs> they failed with last stand and then they try to do it again in this one try to cram it all in there let's take this whatever it is two hours what not even two hours, hour fifty minute movie, and tell a story that was told over the course in the oh my god, I'm gonna lose my mind. In the <laughs> world of the comic books, it took them a year. Yeah. A year. <laughs> and they did it in an hour and fifty minutes. I would argue they didn't do it at well, all. They, they didn't, yeah. But I mean Jesus Christ, man. I kind of, I because I didn't read the comic books, but I watched the synopsis of it. Oh, I read the comic books. Yeah, but like I I watched multiple synopsises, synopses, synopsi, synopsi of the Dark Phoenix Saga. I will say, and that's, that's kind of the thing, is if you're going to do it in one movie, which you shouldn't, but if you're going to do it in one movie, it's almost like watching a synopsis of it. Yeah. And just from a synopsis, I was sitting there listening to the comic story and I was like, this seems convoluted. Like there's a lot going on here for me to like digest in this short amount of time. Oh, it's crazy. Wait. So like, I feel like this movie definitely needed to be streamlined. Like you need to find out what's important and streamline it. And then, I mean, like you're going to change things. But if this was as convoluted as you said, I think I would have liked it like a lot more. So, so that's another thing too, is you can make this movie and still subtract a lot of stuff from the comics because it is crazy. It is crazy. When you want to actually look at point A to point B in the Dark Phoenix saga, just the Dark Phoenix saga, not even getting into how she originally gets the Phoenix Force because that's a whole other portion of storyline. Mm -hmm. It starts with like Hellfire Club and mind control and manipulation and stuff like that. And then it ends with a space duel on the moon. Like it goes across the galaxy and back like three times. It, it is a very convoluted story, but it is told masterfully in the comics. And even when you're reading the comics, every other page, there's like a little cliff note. That's like, see issue one Oh eight, see issue one thirteen. Yeah. Go back to the last issue. Like all of these notes being like, if you want to understand this part of dialogue, you have to read an issue of the comics from before the Dark Phoenix saga. A lot of it is referencing from when she originally got her powers because that's where a lot of these characters originally came into play. Like the Dabari, who we'll get into when we really start talking about the movie, and the, the Shi'ar Empire, who we don't talk about at all in this movie. <laughs> you had two alien races you could have chose from for this movie's kind of like driving force coming after the Dark Phoenix power you had two alien races you picked the wrong one there's only two i don't think they should have picked either um all right so here's the thing i told you about this i rewrote this movie in 15 minutes and it is a less convoluted movie that is more true to the comics while still maintaining continuity in the movies in the movie universe <laughs> okay so i took 
what the movie universe is, use their characters, use stories and stuff that they've set up in the other movies before and after in timeline. Mm -hmm. And I took elements from the comic books while still removing elements from the comic books to prevent things from getting too confusing and using elements from this very movie if they had a need to do that, to keep those things in there. And it makes so much more sense. I'm not going to read it now. I feel like we should talk about the movie a little bit more. That way it makes sense yeah. why I'm changing things. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, is this movie a fucking mess? <laughs> well, honestly, I was sitting in the theater and I was actually enjoying the beginning of the movie. And it wasn't until the aliens came in that it started losing me. Yeah. Because the aliens are used like their scroll. The, yeah, the aliens are used like their scroll. The aliens also are extremely one-dimensional. Yep. They have almost no motivation. And and honestly, they shouldn't be the focus of the movie. They should nope. The focus of the movie should be Jean Grey. This is a Jean Grey movie, and she's a supporting character in her movie. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? Dude, there's... So yeah. like... I mean, I don't know. I just felt like the aliens kept showing up and every single time they showed up, I'm like, I don't want to see this. Like, you are not important to this movie. They make them feel important towards the end. But in general, the focus of the movie should be bringing Jean Grey back or attempting to save Jean Grey. You know how those aliens play into the the comics? They die. Well, yeah, their planet gets destroyed by Jean Grey. Yeah, they die. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they're important to it. Yeah. She kills some crazy number, like 500 million. Doesn't she eat a son? Doesn't she yeah. feed on a son? She feeds on a son in the Dabari system. Yeah. Which kills, slowly kills everybody in that, in that solar system who lives off of that son. Mm -hmm. So the Dabari race is wiped out. 500 million souls murdered by Jean Grey. Not the Phoenix Force without Jean Grey. Jean Grey, with the Phoenix Force, leaves Earth and absorbs their son, killing all of them with no remorse. Do they ever say in this movie what the Phoenix Force actually is? No. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like no, gelatinous space blob gets sucked up by Jean Grey. Now she's evil. Which I am fine with that. That is a change where I was okay with because in the comics... She gets the Phoenix Force from a space mission where they are going up and they are saving astronauts from NASA. That's accurate. Mm -hmm. She gets the Phoenix Force because there is a solar flare and that's what they're saving these, these astronauts from. And she is on the ship and they can't get her out now because the solar flare is too close. That solar flare in that is not the Phoenix Force. She psychically calls out for help and this Phoenix Force answers. She dies... Mm -hmm. but the Phoenix Force basically revives her, so she comes back as Phoenix. So there's elements in that to X-Men 3, because Jean Grey dies and 2 comes back. Right, and three. yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but I was okay with them changing that in this movie. So even in the beginning, I'm like, okay, that's fine that you change it, and you kind of make it so that that flare was the Phoenix Force, and it took her because of the lust for power, which also falls in line with the Phoenix's drive in the comics. It's like, it, she's just pure lust and rage and power and she's just all consuming and like that's fine that fits here's something that doesn't fit within the continuity of your own movie universe how did they defeat apocalypse you're gonna have to remind me because i thought that movie was terrible i forgot i'll it. tell you she turned into the phoenix oh does she she already had the phoenix power in the 80s but now they show her getting it in 1992 Oh. She like goes all powerful, turns into full flame, 
Firebird and everything. And Apocalypse's last word was something like, oh my. And like, he is impressed by that power. And he has almost this thing of just like, oh, I need that power. Because you know how he's like taking other mutants powers and stuff? He's like, oh, I want that power. She already has the Phoenix Force in the 80s. But then this movie poses that she didn't get it until the 90s. But that's how they beat Apocalypse is because she was already the Phoenix. <laughs> well, maybe the maybe your- maybe the, uh, the maybe the blobby shit made her evil no no in your own movie universe you immediately forgot the movie you just made and destroyed your continuity in the first 10 minutes of your next movie you already went back on something that you had set up in this timeline happened 10 years ago they make it sound like charles xavier knew all along that she was this crazy powerful being right it almost seems like the 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 solar flare was oh, like that's another thing. It seems like the solar flare was what put her over the edge. See, it, see, it, in this movie, it seemed more so that the solar flare is what turned her evil, not so much unlocked her powers. At least, at least that's what I got from it. The thing that I was bummed by was I wanted to see more of her actual struggle and fighting against becoming the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I get that. And you don't really. It's it's Apparently. a lot of basically like. The Dark Phoenix just takes over. She destroys something, and then she becomes like lucid again. And then she's like, "What have I done? I gotta get out of here." And then she, and then literally they show the same shot like three times of her just going and flying up into the sky. And then yeah. she goes somewhere else. Like I wanted to see more of that. I wasn't so much, like I said, I didn't even remember the the fucking apocalypse thing because I did not like X Men Apocalypse. She was already the Phoenix, man. Because that was the whole tease for the next one, and everybody was like, "Whoa!" And you could kind of see in like Charles' eyes, he's like. That might be something to be worried about like, in the future. <laughs> and same thing with like Apocalypse. He acknowledges he's like, that's a lot of that's a lot of power. He's like, I want some of that. And then and then he gets blasted away. Do you have any pros to this movie? Let me see. Dun, 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 dun. Nope. 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 Oh, here's a pro. Uh, you know how all of these movies have a really awesome Quicksilver scene? Yeah, he ain't in this movie. Yeah, he isn't. He has one moment where he's starting to use his powers, and you're like, all right, how's this going to go? And then he gets wiped out, and then you don't see him for the rest of the movie. The The scene that you're talking about is actually one of my pros, though. Really? Yeah. The, the whole thing outside of uh, her parent, her dad's house? Yeah, th- that thing, because... Well, give that to me. Because every single movie so far has been like, Oh, here's the the Quicksilver action set piece where we're gonna play a classic rock song and he's gonna do the same thing over and over again. Oh, so you like it was, they change the mold a little bit? Yeah, I like that it was different because the first time they did it in was that Days of Future Past that they did it? Yeah. The first time I liked it a lot and it was, it was awesome. cool and it was awesome. The second time with the mansion, yeah, I was over it. Really? Oh, that's that, that fast? Yeah, I was because I was just like it wasn't as good as the first time and I was just like, okay, you're just feeding me. You're, you're playing off, like, basically, you're getting a cheap thrill by just redoing something you've already done already. Yeah. So then this one, it, it started up, and I was like, here we, go, here we again. go again. And then he just gets blasted, and I was like, okay, fine. I actually like that they showed Quicksilver using his powers in a few different ways in this movie. Like, he kind of, yeah. like, puts, like, the spacesuit on Nightcrawler real quick and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah and, albeit, and it him, is very comic booky. Yeah, and him, like, unlatching all of the uh, astronauts and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Took a practically used to his powers and all Yeah, that. I liked... I like that. But even so, Evan Peters is great. So even if you don't want to have that Quicksilver scene, he's a really well, I don't good think he, part of I don't of think he movies. wanted to be in it. Oh, he didn't want to be in it? I don't think so. 
I don't blame him. I know Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to be in it. Fassbender didn't want to be in it either. I don't blame any of them. They, they're all over it at this point. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Everybody's phoning in. Even James McAvoy, who I love. I One of my pros is I do think the acting is good for the most part. Yeah. I don't. I, I think I wasn't that, buying it from anybody. Actually, one of the people I thought was actually really good. I like Nicholas Holt in this movie. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, but okay. Maybe he was acting it well. But the his, problem is his character was so shittily written. Well, that's the thing. The, the dialogue is bad. The acting's not bad. But that makes yeah, I guess it was. It's hard for me to differentiate when I was watching it. Also, because I was just so fumed up with rage. <laughs> and also, Beast is a huge, a very problematic character in this whole movie because every decision he makes goes against everything we know about his character from the movies previous. Well, it's like they just totally rewrote these characters without any of the sort of consciousness of what they've established as their character traits previously. I like though that there's a catalyst to him flipping, but it was almost like he had a warning before this. And then there's a character that dies and that flips him over. Cause he's like, I could have probably possibly prevented this. You know, what's funny about our podcast? Cause we're always like spoiler and everybody this movie, <laughs> they already spoiled their movie. Did the you, only, did you only... know that character was going to die? Yeah. Mystique. Yeah. Everybody knew. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. From, from the trailer when they show her like get blasted away and everyone's like, Oh, Mystique dies. At a certain point, everyone was like, oh, then she must not die because there's no way a movie would show us that in the trailer. Yeah, see, I didn't even I didn't even think that she died. I saw a character get blasted back and I was like, oh, it's like how every character in all these X-Men movies gets blasted back a hundred times and slams against the wall and they're fine. Yeah, like, it, it didn't it didn't phase me at all. Yeah. One, I thought that was surprising because I thought that they were going to kill off a more obvious character like a Cyclops or a Professor X or even like. I'm glad they didn't kill Cyclops again because, you know, now you're really just repeating Last Stand. Yeah, but I thought, or even Beast, like, I thought that there would have been something a little bit more, like, holy shit for her character because her and Cyclops have, like a, like, a romance or whatever. Right. And then, obviously, Charles Xavier is, like, the one that saved her. I like how they kind of played relationships against each other in this one. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought they were going to kill off someone else. I didn't think they were going to kill off Jennifer Lawrence. I will say, though, getting back to the acting, the only two people that I thought were phoning it in, actually phoning it in, were Jessica Chastain and Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence has been very outspoken and not wanting to do it, so I think she's just like, I've won Oscars in this, but this is all you're getting. Like She's been outspoken since Days of Future Past. Yeah. Since before (laughs) that movie came out, like... She did not want to sign on to like another franchise because she just did like Hunger Games and whatnot. And she wasn't she didn't want to do like another franchise or whatever. But when she had already signed for like first class, she wasn't an Oscar nominated or winning actress. Mm-hmm. She was just basically still kind of a nobody like she had done like winner's bone, but she wasn't really like famous quite yet. Then she did get Oscars and stuff like that. <laughs> and now she's like fuck, I'm stuck in these goddamn X-Men movies for, like, six of them. Yeah. So, like... It's it's crazy, too, because, like, honestly, say what you want about Jennifer Florence, she is amazing. Yeah, she's a great like, actress. I mean, multiple Oscars, but, like, even, like, her, like, mediocre movies. Like, I saw her in Red Sparrow last year. Yeah. She's amazing in that movie. And, like, this, you're, like, I feel like you're almost, like, set up for, like, a certain 
expectation with her. Even Mother, which came out, uh, was that two years ago? Yeah. I hated that movie, but I loved her in it. I thought she was but great. you know why? Because she likes working with that director. Yeah. She likes working with that team. So It's very she, noticeable when she's phoning something in. <laughs> yeah, because when, when she enjoys the movie that she's working on, she, or she enjoys the people she's collaborating with, you can see that. This, she's forced <laughs> by a contract, so what would she care? Yeah. She's probably been asking to get killed since two movies ago. Yeah. The one thing that I didn't actually know, though, which I also feel is another catalyst for it, is they kind of make Xavier a huge douche. <laughs> yeah, they really do. I, do. I do think that's stupid. I didn't like that they kind of made him seem like such a scumbag in this movie. The one thing that I did think that was good, which a lot of like flimsy like action movies and stuff do, is they try and be smart and have like twists, quote unquote, and they like have characters like just flip flop and shit like that. Yeah. I felt like at least in this movie, the characters motivations seemed pretty consistent. Everyone. I was like, yeah, I, I understand that. And they stayed true to it. I didn't find any of the characters flip flopping or doing things that were, didn't make much sense. The, the only exception th- of like Jean gray. Yeah. But that's like part of the story, I guess kind of is because she's kind of struggling with this, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So- yeah. Give me, do you have any, you have more positives than I have two more and I feel like you might actually agree with these All right, Let's try me. I really liked the opening sequence of the movie with them going out in the space. No, with, with Jean Grey as a little girl in the car with her parents. Mm. You didn't like that. I, I thought it was fine, but I thought it was like they pushed the PG 13 a little bit. Oh yeah, they definitely. And I, and I thought that, yeah, that it was, was a little bit it, if you're trying to set up a traumatic experience for a kid that needs to be blocked, I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, that's good. That never happened to Jean Grey. Her parents are both alive in the comics. Oh, uh, okay. And she has a sister. <laughs> no big deal. I, I, I like that setup though. I thought that was good. I actually thought the movie could have done with a rated R rating just cause you've done well with Logan and Deadpool and stuff like that. If yeah. you wanted to push the like fucked up nature of like the Phoenix and stuff like that, it's not or make very it... dark. Yeah, like she doesn't kill five hundred million people. Yeah, no, I thought they could have maybe done a little bit more with an R rating, but I didn't. Also, didn't like this being PG thirteen is not the reason it's bad. I just thought oh, it yeah. maybe that, that that could have been a plus. Uh, but I like that, and then I actually really like the action set piece in the train. Yeah, that was a last minute reshoots. It, it was a reshoot. Yeah, because. I can I could see right away because in interviews during like the release of this and everything, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender had said like they had to reshoot like a lot of the end of the third act of the movie because it was too similar to like a uh, MCU movie that come out, Captain Marvel, which totally makes sense because it's this like this cosmic power that's like so overpowering. I bet you they were fighting in space. It was probably those aliens had like invaded like the atmosphere or whatever and she had to go up and just destroy their ships and everything before she got rid of the phoenix force and all that mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm sure it was gonna feel a lot like captain marvel i get why they changed it well the train sequence for me is the best sequence of the entire movie yeah but you know what's crazy to me when that was happening i was like this is the end this is the end of the movie well the, the whole movie's bland up until then <laughs> that's why i was like I thought that that was end of act two. I didn't think that was the final showdown. It didn't feel like a finale to me. I'll say this. I like the train sequence better than any action sequence in Apocalypse. Yeah, I'll give you that. I like that it was in a close quarter. I like what they were doing with powers. You got got to see Nightcrawler actually do something, which is cool. Well, I got a, I got beef with Nightcrawler too. <laughs> is it just the way he looks or is it well, with his character? Because He didn't feel I- threatening. No, he comes across like it's so annoying because you see him in in X two and he's so badass, and then you see him in this and he literally just looks like a nerd. Yeah, 
But also, like, Mystique dies. She's a teammate. Where was your fire then? This guy who just had you captive and said, my son used to be a fan of yours, dies. And now <laughs> you're all enraged? Now you're all fired up? Like, this... Sh- I don't... I don't know. It That felt... That felt flimsy mm-hmm. and empty. And then... So they've already shown these aliens getting blasted by like machine guns and helicopter guns and being destroyed. And then they just remorph and come back. But Nightcrawler can poof behind them and snap their neck and they're dead. <laughs> what kills these people? Cause you can literally blow their head off with a machine gun and it just grows back. And then they come and kill you anyways. But Nightcrawler can break their neck. Like he's in a James Bond movie and that's the end of them. The aliens are the worst part of the movie. They're so inconsistent. It makes <laughs> no sense. What does kill them? What is their weakness? What is their power? Like, yeah, uh, the scene, the gun scene with Magneto is sick, though. That's really cool. And I like when he like crushes the whole like back train. Yeah, car. yeah. that's that's gnarly. Uh, Magneto's uh, I, will, awesome. I will say this. Fastbender is my favorite part of all these X-Men movies, not Same. including the first three. Although I did not appreciate this movie's take on Genosha. So Genosha in the comics is a mutant haven that Magneto creates. In this, he has, like, a little dwelling of, like, tiny houses that they made out of, like, old container carts. Yeah. Genosha is a sprawling city. And at one point, he's basically creating a whole city on, like, another planet for mutants. And in this, he lives in, like, a hippie hostel where they grow their own rosemary. I don't think he can make a... Like an actual city, though. He's a known, like, terrorist. Like, Oh, he's a known terrorist. That's a good point, Colin. <laughs> then why did the government give him a plot of land to live peacefully on? Probably because they knew that he'd break out normally. <laughs> like, that's what I'm yeah, like. Yeah, like, good point. Known terrorist. Why is the government giving him property? Well, the only thing that I could think of is, why don't you just kill him? <laughs> like, yeah, or but you give him an army instead? You, get, you let him build a development where he can gather more mutants after he was sided with Apocalypse and almost ended the world together. He broke out of the Pentagon. Am I correct in that? He attacked the president of the United States on <laughs> national television only yeah, 10 years true. prior. Yeah. You suspected him in the JFK assassination. I thought that like, I thought it was like he was taking refuge. But then they literally just land. They're like, hey, Magneto, what's they're going like, we on? We know Where you've you? been here. Like, yeah. We're not looking for you. You're fine. Yeah. that's. I, I thought the same thing, too. I was like, what? Yeah. It's bananas. This movie does not work within its own universe. I actually do have one positive I just realized. It's my first note. Dazzler is in this. So I thought that was a good homage to the comics. Which one was Dazzler? When they're at the mutant rave and she's singing and there's like all the fireworks around her. Oh, that's her that's, that's her dazzling. power like she can she can manipulate like light and sound like okay. around her and all that. In the Dark Phoenix saga, that's kind of like how it starts up. Like Charles Xavier using Cerebro finds two new mutants like they just got their powers and stuff. So like part of the X-Men's job is like going out and not necessarily like recruiting but kind of recruiting and just letting them know like hey like we know you're special, you have these new powers. It's a really difficult time. If you want, there's a school where we help we help you and so in the comics dazzler is one of the mutants that they go after to try and like find and be like hey like blah 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 like if you want to come to the school and everything like we show you the ropes point is dazzler is introduced to the comic book universe through the dark phoenix saga so i thought that that was cool that she was like at that party and like little basically cameo for that character so good on them for i guess pulling one thing from the comic (laughs) I was going to say with just characters and their powers, 
their powers seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. So S- Storm's Iceman? Yeah, she can make ice cubes. <laughs> that, and, and her powers work fine in space, space. where there is no atmosphere. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that either. That yeah. was Storm actually seems the one that's the most inconsistent. And, and out of all of the mutants that you have on your ship, you have Jean Grey, who's a psychic, telekinetic powers, blah, blah, blah. She couldn't have stopped that ship from spinning. Instead, you use Cyclops. Yeah. Who we already know can barely control his laser eyes, which mm-hmm. is why he has to wear ruby lensed fucking visor all the time. Sn- snipe an engine. Yeah. <laughs> why is that the most sensible use of anyone's powers on that ship? I thought so too. You got Jean Grey. Just be like, Jean, slow that ship down. They It'd take could, her two seconds. Also, they couldn't find like a like a better mutant to use like as a foil than I don't even know who it was, but Dreadlock Man. Yeah, right. There's literally a mutant, and his power is that he can use his dreadlocks as like whips. Yeah, basically. <laughs> me and Ryan were like, okay. I think I think his character's name was Jamaican Me Crazy. <laughs> In general, like I just I don't like how Jean Grey is like a sub character in her own movie she's a, she's I, I a like support that, character i like when jessica chastain's character is trying to steal her powers and everything and then she realizes it's too much power and gene gray's like nah bitch choke me <laughs> she's like yeah keep it there I was you know, like, this is getting hot you know what part was ridiculous the part when she makes charles xavier walk up the steps <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that was uncomfortable yeah but also like you're the most powerful psychic in the world and now you have the phoenix force in you she should have been able to make him do it flawlessly. Why did she make him walk like Pinocchio? He, like when he first comes to life, it's bad. And me and Ryan were like, kind of like, especially when he's is... all like, "I got no strings to hold me down." <laughs> I don't know how much more you have to say other than we'll get to your whole, you know, reimagination of it. Yeah, it'll but be quick. The thing we said about the comics is that there's a big like emotional impact to her death and the character and her change in general, like. It's a big deal. Like, it's a big event. Yeah. There's almost no, like, emotional weight to this movie. Like, you don't, no. like, I, I, maybe it's because I just haven't liked a lot of the movies, but I just didn't care the whole time. I think a lot of that is the writing and what they choose to focus on. And then I think another part of that is just the Jean Grey character is super underdeveloped. And you had such good material to work with. And sure, you don't need to use every single element, but goddamn, this movie just feels like a slap in the face to not only fans of the comic books, but fans of these movies, because you set up certain things, you never paid off on them, you go against other things that you set up in your previous movies, and this is supposed to connect to the continuity of the original two, even though they rewrote uh, Last Stand. They, they erased Last Stand, but they showed at the end of Future Past when Logan goes back and Jean Grey is alive and she's at the mansion, and blah blah blah. What what is this? What did what did we what did we do here? This movie feels like it doesn't exist within the continuity of any of these other movies, with the exception of these actors are playing the same characters. You're gonna find out how I feel about these movies when we rank them, but I honestly about half of these X-Men movies I wish didn't exist. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish this didn't exist. That being said, I have a way to fix it. All right. Been aching to tell you this. I'm going to fly through this real quick because it only took me about 15 minutes to write this. Okay. So tell me. So the story. So act one at the end of apocalypse, right? Mm -hmm. You want to look back to there. She reveals the Phoenix force. She doesn't know what it is. It blows everybody away. She's super powerful. That's how they defeat apocalypse. At that moment, this movie should have started right after apocalypse. And then we do a time jump. So I'll explain. It should have started with 
after the events of that battle and they get back home and everything, Xavier notices that that power in her. And it's kind of startling and it's kind of intriguing. In that, that's when they start testing her. What was that? What happened? We've never seen that amount of power from you. Now your power is off the charts, blah, blah, blah. You can use some of that, which is in this movie. Beast does tests on her. Mm -hmm. Your powers are insane. You could use that then, back in the 80s, after the events of Apocalypse. That's where Professor Xavier establishes these mental blocks and everything. So you still have that same element that you have in your movie now, except instead of blocking the past trauma, you're blocking this insane power that she can't control because she's too young. Because even in that movie, she'd only just been introduced in the school, really. So he puts it up to protect her from herself. There you go. Now you've planted that seed for later. Um, so they continue doing missions, blah, blah, blah. At that point, now you can jump forward into the future, into 92, which is where this movie takes place. They go on their space mission, so you still have that scene. There, it can just be a regular solar flare. But then she gets trapped on it and everything, and the solar flare destroys the ship and would kill her but because of the Phoenix force inside of her, that's already inside of her saves her life. So now she comes back, but that flare awakens the Phoenix force because now that it killed so much of Jean gray and it took so much of Jean gray's energy to survive that the Phoenix force kind of takes more control over Jean gray and her mind and everything. So the flare kind of pushes the Phoenix force out of her a little bit more kind of following so far. Mm -hmm. So you still have a lot of those scenes that they already shot, still in the movie and it still makes sense you just change little things and then maybe you do some quick work kind of like explaining some backstory for charles xavier and like in his research of what's going on with gene blah 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 and like maybe you can kind of in the same way like they just show the dabari showing up instead of doing that you have across the universe Alondra. Alondra is not at this point but she's the empress of the the shiar empire she actually is a love interest of Charles Xavier in the comics and everything like that. But in the same way that we don't know anything about the Dabari and they just show up in this movie, you could have done that. You just use the Shi'ar Empire instead of the Dabari. Because the Dabari are dead, motherfucker. <laughs> so so you, you can do something like that and you can have her there. And maybe she was there when the NASA ship was destroyed and she witnessed Phoenix you know, surviving that. And she knows what the Phoenix power is. So maybe she comes to earth and comes to Charles Xavier. Maybe it's not like they're an enemy, but like, Hey, like I know you've been, you've been looking for something. What's been going on with Jean, blah, blah, blah. We might know something. They kind of work together, but in secret. And he doesn't really key in the X-Men on it because he's trying to figure it out for himself before he brings it to them. So that then you can kind of establish their love, him kind of not sharing things with the X-Men, which is a driving force in this movie, and him already establishing the mental blocks in Jean Grey, and then also him creating a psychic link with Alondra because they fall in love, they have a psychic rapport. And, you know, maybe Jean Grey also establishes a psychic rapport with Cyclops because they're in love. So she's just like, I will let you into my mind and we'll create a link so that we will always be together kind of thing. That's your act one. You've you've kind of set all of these balls in motion, planted a lot of seeds, right? And you're using a lot of the same movie. Act two comes. Now we can do a thing where like the team is out and they're recruiting. You're using the X-Men. You get word of some new mutants, blah, blah, blah. And in the comics, it's the Hellfire Club who is going after these other mutants with them or, uh, you know, attacking the X-Men and 
using these mutants as a way to find them. But maybe since you want to use Magneto and have like his own little colony, they go out to recruit this new mutant that pops up on Cerebro, but Magneto's there. And Magneto is your enemy in this because he's trying to recruit them for his evil army. And they're like, no, be an X-Men, like fight for good and equality and stuff, not kill all humans, we're mutants, blah, blah, blah. So that, that can be a way that you link Magneto into it. During that attack, while in maybe like there's some sort of like a psychic battle, like Magneto psychic is battling Jean Grey psychic, she's kind of like not really using her powers to its fullest extent. And Phoenix, the Phoenix Force Insider is like, fuck this, we're way stronger than this, overpowers and her Phoenix just comes way the hell out and just decimates fools. And then, and then the team is like, whoa, that was crazy. What's going on with Gene type thing? So part of the Phoenix Force, and they even show it in this movie, is she reads Beast's mind without his permission, right? Mm-hmm. So she has the Phoenix Force. She's going insane with power and everything. That massive show during that battle. Now you've already had a fight scene in it, too. Excitement. Cool. <laughs> so her power comes out and everything, and then she can't help herself because her power is so strong, and the Phoenix is all like lust and all of that, and just doesn't care, she can hear the rest of the team's thoughts. And all the team is like, that was scary. What's going on with Jean? What's wrong with her? And she had thought that these people had accepted her as family and everything, but she can hear their thoughts, and they're scared of her because they've never seen this amount of power, and it seems like she can't control it. So she gets all self-conscious. She gets in her head. The Phoenix is basically whispering in her ear, like, they, they don't actually love you. Like, they don't support you. Like, they're afraid of you. They're afraid of us. We are all powerful. Like they should be afraid of us. We are the shit. We are monsters. Like <laughs> we can rule the universe type thing. And then, you know, like Cyclops is, he's concerned for her, her safety and everything. She's scared. Her mind's going out of control and everything. And Phoenix again, just takes over and she's, they're just like enough. And like basically, accidentally or intentionally whichever way you want to play it destroys the x-men ship or whatever and like scatters the x-men about and they're like gene like what's going on or whatever and she's just like fuck out of here i am the phoenix i am all power and like you will bow before me and they're like this isn't gene what's going on and then like gene can kind of like gain control again and she's just like i gotta get out of here leaves earth that's the end of act two because now you scattered your x-men they don't know what's going on with Jean. Cyclops still has this rapport, so he can hear her. He can feel her even across the galaxy. Professor X is still doing more research with Alondra and everything like that. Alondra's telling him, like, you thought you had this in check. This is not power that you can control. You do not understand it. You're still playing off of his arrogance, which is still a theme in this movie. So you can use that. Now the the Act 3 starts, and they're searching for Jean Grey. And, like, that's kind of, like, the thing. It's like, where is Jean Grey? Where did she go? Magneto comes in peace to Charles and be like, I saw what happened there. I was there. You weren't. You might've felt it in your mind, but I saw the power that Jean has. This is not something that any of us were prepared for. She needs to be stopped. And Charles is like, we can't kill her. And Magneto's like, well, we're going to kill her. <laughs> and then you still have that same element like this movie has, but it makes a little bit more sense. So Scott overhears this and he's just like, this is bullshit, whatever. And because Scott knows it, Jean Grey knows it, which means Phoenix knows it because of their psychic link, which drives her back to Earth, because they're like, oh, they want to challenge me? But meanwhile, she's still weak, so she had to go off to this galaxy. That's where she absorbs the sun and wipes out that that galaxy and destroys the Dabari and everything. So now Alondra's, she, she gets word from her people and everything, like Phoenix was out here. She destroyed a whole solar system. What are we going to do? And they're like, we need to hold her 
to trial. So when she comes back to Earth, she returns. And in the meantime, Beast has been kind of let in a little bit on some of this stuff. And he builds the psychic inhibitor, which is from the comics. That's how they're able to kind of put the Phoenix in check for a minute and try to get to Jean. Yeah, doesn't Nightcrawler jump, drop it on her? Exactly. Who yeah. is in this movie so you can use him in the same exact way? Nightcrawler poofs onto her. They have a chance to kill her, but they can't because it's still Jean. And even in that moment in the comics, there's that thing too. Granted, it's Wolverine, but like he's there and she has the inhibitor and she's like, do it. It's the only way. Like You have to kill me, but he's in love with her, so he can't do it. Now, in this, you could use a different character. Make it who you will. Make it Mystique. Maybe part of that turmoil for her is that she used to kill, but now she's been an X-Men. She's been good. She doesn't do that stuff anymore. And she cares for these students and she's helped them come up. So maybe she's the one who's there and Jean is like, you have to kill me. Mystique is distraught. Then the Phoenix takes back control, destroys the inhibitor, and then blasts away Mystique. The X-Men are like, holy shit, she's dead. She just killed Mystique. This is really bad. This is serious. And in that moment, Cyclops is like, Jean, like, I love you. And then that brings her back for a minute. And then that allows Professor Xavier to get back the ability to take control of her mind again, build up those barriers, and stop the Phoenix again for a moment. Block her powers up. But at that point, now it's too late. Granted, everything I've just said is from the comics. Yeah. All of that happened <laughs> in the comics. I just changed some of the characters who do certain things. So he puts the barriers back up, and now they're like, all's good, right? Then all of a sudden they get teleported to a spaceship, and Alondra's like, guess what? She did while uh, we were all here on Earth. She destroyed a, a solar system. <laughs> she has to pay for that, because it happened in my empire. We're going to execute her. And then the X-Men are like, no, you can't do that. She's still Jean. Like it wasn't her. It was the Phoenix, whatever. Like, well, the Phoenix is in her. She's the one who did it. We need justice. And then with the psychic link that Charles has with her, he knows some of the rules of their empire and stuff. So he challenges them to a duel for her life or her justice or whatever. Like if you guys win, you can execute her. It's, it's up to you. Is that how that happens in the comics? It's exactly how it happens in the comics. Oh, see, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like that? No, that's how it goes in the comics though. Oh, okay. So I'm fine with it happening here. But then you just be like, no, like, she's still a human. And then you have your duel on the moon, of course. That's like what, you do. Like, like every you, like movie. You would. But that <laughs> happens in the comics. But then in that, like, they're losing, they're getting beat up. And then the Phoenix Force takes back over. Because when Jean, anytime Jean gets beaten down too much, she becomes weak, the Phoenix takes over. Because it's like, I'm not letting us die. It's almost like a Hulk Bruce Banner situation. Yeah. And then Jean's just like, the only way this is going to end is if I die. The Phoenix power lives within me. The only way to destroy it is to destroy me. She sacrifices herself. She kills herself. And then you got to deal with that grief. But at least everything is at peace. The universe is safe. The X-Men get to survive. They're not killed in battle by the Shi'ar Empire and everything like that. Then you can end the movie with there was a funeral. Cyclops is the leader. They rename the school after Jean Grey, which happens in the comics, but it happens after Professor Xavier dies and Wolverine reopens the school. That happens in The Last Stand, right? Does it? I don't know. I could have sworn when, when they said Jean Grey, like school or whatever, I was like, this has happened before. So the only time I could, yeah. I could think of it was X3. Well, maybe so. Probably did. I don't remember that movie very well because I'm never going to rewatch it. Maybe maybe it doesn't. I just felt like I saw that already. And the only place I could think of that that happened would be The Last Stand. Good for them then because it happens in the comics. But you can you can have him do that. He's now the new leader of the X-Men. And you can even have him say like a line like to Professor X. He's like, 
kind of sad. He's and maybe it's like a year later, two years later. He's like, I still feel her. I can I can hear her every time I close my eyes. And Charles acknowledges his pain, but kind of just like comforts him, but doesn't really go any further. And then that's when you kind of pan up and you see the phoenix flame like in the sky, like flying past. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like maybe she is still alive. And you leave it on a little cliffhanger like that. And then you got you cut the black. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would have been better. <laughs> would a lot better. And you leave out all the Dabari bullshit. You just use the Shi'ar instead of the Dabari. And then you don't make them necessarily an enemy. It almost makes it so that Phoenix is the enemy. I'm Yeah, well, that's what I assumed. That's what I think it should have been in this movie. I'm still not a fan even with, with that. I don't like the alien thing. I mean, it is. I mean, the Phoenix is an alien force. Yeah, well, the way it's set up in Apocalypse doesn't feel that way. Well, she already has it. Yeah, no, but like, how would she already have it if it was an alien force? Right. I mean, that's something that you would have to kind of like fudge a little bit. Yes. Yeah, you could argue that like the when the Shi'ar Empire, when like Lalandra comes and everything, she's just like, this is an ancient force that has been in our universe for yes for aeons and like since before time I, and everything. I, and it's for some reason it has taken a homebody in Jean Grey from whoever knows how long. They don't know. They're still trying to figure it out. But by that point, it's already getting out of control and they're like, we need to act. I still don't like the the alien thing just because even them going into space in this movie, I was like, when is this a thing? Man, you got to read more X-Men comics. Well, I mean, a, I'm, a lot. No, no, no. But I'm talking about in the movies. Oh, yeah. No, never. I mean, like, even again, Quicksilver if, makes that comic. He's like, so we're doing space space missions now, huh? Yeah. So that that's why it was like a little jarring because it even seemed he's like, I'm going to send all the X-Men out into space. This has never been done before. Who the fuck knows if it's even going to work? It's like, yeah, and Beast what? is telling him, like, oh, the ship can't do that. And Charles is like, I don't care. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. No. Shut up, Beast. I'm not going up there. It basically, yeah. So I don't know. I, a lot of the space stuff I wouldn't be, I wasn't a fan of. If she went up to space, though, and like did go and like destroy a planet or whatever, and you found out maybe at that point, maybe that there's other people up there that she killed or something, something like that, I would be okay with it. Yeah. I still, I still don't just like having aliens being like a driving force in a movie when nothing prior to this in 11 movies was cosmic at all. Right. <laughs> so they just pulled it out of their ass. Yeah, the they really minute. did. Yeah. Literally the last minute. Yep. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, man. I mean, I like that better, especially the first act. I think that the first act that you were talking about would have been way stronger. And it uses all of the same elements that they were trying to pull off in this movie. Yeah. You could use even so much of those same scenes. It's literally just a change of some of the dialogue. You could have just rewritten a couple of lines in that first act, and it would have been almost identical to the comics, or at least portions of the comics. Mm-hmm. They just changed everything. Yeah. <laughs> his vision no sense <laughs> well do you want to do you want to rank these bitches out first or do you want to give our scores let's first? do our tomato tomato first all right well what is the tomato tomato on this critic score tomato 23 percent. okay tomato audience score 64 percent. guess what what are you going tomato you're going tomato yeah what's your letter grade f okay i'm going tomato what yeah i'm going tomato what's your letter grade d plus you know what's funny i was teetering on like a d at first I actually I was teetering on a C minus. Wow. Yeah. See, I was I was around a D when I first left the theater. Then I was like thinking more about it. And then by the time I finished rewriting the movie, I was like, this is an F now because I realized how easy it would be to make it better. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they didn't. And then when I find out that 
it wasn't written by somebody or work directed by somebody who has no knowledge of these movies or the comics. It was actually the opposite. Somebody who's worked on most of these movies, so must be familiar with the comics. And they did such an injustice to this story. It just made me so much angrier and angrier the more that I thought about it that I'm like, this has to be an F. <laughs> I'm like, I... I can't find any joy in it. I wanted to enjoy the action and albeit the action was pretty cool at some points. The reasoning behind why they were fighting or where they were fighting or who they were fighting, what was going on, all of that, the story, the writing, the acting, I hated every piece of it. <laughs> I, like I said earlier, I actually felt like this movie did not commit some of the sins that the other ones did. I felt that the characters' motivations were pretty consistent for the most part. I like the action set pieces. For the most part, I think the acting is good. I just think the plot is convoluted as fuck, and yep. there's no emotional attachment, especially for the what is the last movie of a saga. Like this is the end of like this an era, feel, really. This doesn't feel and like doesn't, a finale. Like you watch the finale of like Avengers Endgame, and you got the feels and stuff like this. This I felt nothing. I was just kind of like nope. whatever. Like I didn't hate it. But I didn't like it either. I hated it. And um, there's X-Men movies that I do hate. And I did. I was like, at least it wasn't that. I think you can really tell that it's Simon Kimberg's directorial debut because a lot of it is shot just super bland. The storytelling is super bland. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, a lot of it seems me like mediocre construction. And then from, from like all parties, yep. the actors you could tell didn't really want to be in it. And like I said, I don't know. Just I just didn't. Oh, I loved I, I loved when Cyclops wanted to get tough. Yeah, it was really bad. One f bomb in this whole movie. Yeah, he drops an f bomb. But it, he's such a puss. The only the only <laughs> other thing I wanted to say, and I I turned around while we were talking, and it reminded me. I was like, oh yeah, I was looking this up. I've got the Dark Phoenix soundtrack up. Pulled up on Spotify behind me. I don't oh, know if you yeah. noticed that or not. Yeah, I did. It's because I had to look up the name of this one song. So I was like, wait a minute. There's a song that plays on the radio in the car, and it's so on the nose. It's by the time I get to Phoenix. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. So you want to rank these? Yeah, let's rank these. We're going worst to first. Worst to first. Worst to first. You want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. I usually go first on the Tomato Tomatoes. I like you to go first on these rankings. My what? number 12, the worst movie in my opinion, in the X-Men franchise, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Same Z's. Same. Yeah. Yep. I hated it. Yeah, easily the most trash. My number 11, the Wolverine. Wow. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. <laughs> Mine, Wolverine right out of the gate. Yep. Two of the worst. My number 11 is X3 or X-Men 3, The Last, Last Stand. Stand. Mm -hmm. My number 10 is X-Men 3, The Last Stand. <laughs> oh. Yeah. My number 10 is Dark Phoenix. Okay. That's right. My number nine is Dark Phoenix. Okay. My number nine is The Wolverine. Damn. Okay. So we've got the same four movies in our bottom nine. Yep. Or bottom four, I guess. Yeah. Bottom four. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I thought for a while, I was like, which movie, if I had, if you were like, here's The Last Stand and here's Dark Phoenix, which one would you rewatch? I just couldn't really think of anything that I would actually want to see again in The Last Stand. So I was like, I guess Dark Phoenix. I'll never watch either of these ever again. Yeah. So that's what I've thought about. And the Wolverine, I I actually I know a lot of people liked it. It just didn't do anything for me. And I mean, I, it's definitely better than Origins. And I love I, it is de definitely better. I love that there's the part where it's like Wolverine is coming back and he's like, oh man, he's gonna fuck shit up now. And then they just shoot him with a bunch of bow and arrows and he goes down like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. and you're like what the fuck? Yeah, I did not like any of these movies. Number eight, X Men Apocalypse. Same. 
Okay. My number seven, X-Men First Class. Ooh. My number seven, X-Men. Okay. First one. My number six is X-Men the first one. My number six is X-Men the first class. Oh, jeez. So we're like right there. <laughs> yeah, we flipped those. Yeah, I honestly, I think first class might be a better movie. I really didn't have much attachment to that movie at all. I and loved it. I know, I, I know a lot of people like it. it. Yeah, the original X-Men gets, gets by with the uh, nostalgia factor for me. I thought about that, but then I immediately, as I was like, you know what? I'm going to put X-Men, the first one, above it because I'm like nostalgia. And then I was just like, you know what happens to toads in a lightning storm? <laughs> Same, Same thing. as everything else. <laughs> what the fuck kind of line is that? Yeah, it's horrible. That must have been a filler line that they forgot to ever change. Yeah. Because that's one of the worst tough guy lines. Same thing as everything else. <laughs> What? My number five, X-Men Days of Future Past. Wow. My number five is Deadpool 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not counting Once Upon a Deadpool, right? No, we're not. I didn't, okay, good. I didn't see Because it's just Deadpool 2 yeah. again. My number four is Deadpool 2. My number four is Days of Future Past. <laughs> We've been like off by one for most. A lot yeah. of these that we do, we're off by like one or Yeah, we stuff. just keep flipping. Yeah. My number three, Deadpool. My number three, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. I think our top three is identical. My number two, X2. My number two is X2. My number one's Logan. <laughs> Logan! It's so good. It's funny that the worst movie ever made was Origins Wolverine, and the best one was Logan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Logan, how do you do that? Logan is like one of my favorite comic book movies in general. It tran- it's amazing. It transcends beyond just comic book movies. Yeah. It's so it's more good. More like a Western in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I, and I, I was going to rewatch it the other day, too. It's amazing. The noir one. Remember when we did that? Yeah, year? we watched it in black and white. Yeah. Like yeah. the day after it came out on Blu ray, I came over. I was like, we need to watch Logan Noir. Just yeah. the all black and white. And you have the projector screen downstairs. So awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, man. We did it. We did it. Fox did it. They concluded their saga. <laughs> Fox all of these movies. They can go Fox themselves. I am really looking forward to what Marvel can do now, though. Now that Marvel owns it, I think they should because take a break for a little bit and yes. then crush it. Absolutely. Because Marvel knows how to do a slow build. Mm-hmm. They know how to do the long story arcs. And that's what a character like Dark Phoenix needs. That's what a lot of these X-Men characters need. Yeah. Especially the bad guys. But there's so many big bads in the X-Men universe that it can cross over to other Marvel characters. Shit. In the Dark Phoenix saga in the comics, Beast isn't an X-Men. He's an Avenger. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. At that at that point in the comics, he had left the X-Men and joined the Avengers and everything. So you can do things like that where you can have like the teams kind of cross. Fantastic Four, too. Like, I mean... Shit, they're all like all based in New York. <laughs> so, they are. Every- <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charles Xavier School's just upstate New York. The Fantastic Four based in Manhattan. Avengers based in Manhattan. I mean, everything revolves around New York. It's Marvel. Marvel is New York. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Another another installment into the summer cram. <laughs> yeah. Summer crap. <laughs> yeah it's not the blockbuster season has not been kind it, it started not. off great if you look on rotten tomatoes right now at all of the movies that are in theaters only like three of them have us are fresh have a passing grade yeah and even that it's like one of those is a 60 so and one, of those, one of those is avengers also which came out like yeah <laughs> two months, two months ago, ago. <laughs> but then like everything else that's like out right now or coming out and it just has like the tomato score released it is green blobs, 21, 37, 56, 45, 23, 40, 57, 
And then you got like John Wick, Avengers, Rocket Man, and Booksmart holding it down. Yeah. Granted, all those movies are really good. Yeah, but also Avengers came out how long ago? Yeah. And, you know, Booksmart's getting no money. That's another thing. I didn't even say that about this movie. This movie, uh, lowest um, box office opening weekend ever for an X-Men movie. Good. Yeah. They don't deserve anything. They're uh, they're really, uh, they're going out. I, sh- I wish I got a ticket for a different movie and then went to see this. I, I hate that I contributed to this box office because this movie sucks. <laughs> and I love the X-Men. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you should be sorry. Everybody owes me big time for having to go see this. You know what? I quit. I if quit you, this podcast. If you owe Sky, you can make it up to him by going to iTunes and running us a five-star review. <laughs> Honestly, it would make me feel better. Yeah. Five-star review really makes up for the dog shit that uh, I had to sit through for this movie. And if you guys want, you could also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Hit us up. We're going to be posting up some fun little games. We post up our tomato tomatoes so you guys can tell us what you think seems pretty unanimous that this movie's not getting too much love because even like the audience like, score wasn't that good. It was like a D minus. Yeah. So this movie might not be one where people are really split on, but you know, there's a lot of these big movies coming out. They're just action popcorn flicks. Maybe we're, maybe we just have our heads up our own asses. Maybe we're too snobby about it. Maybe you guys should tell me to shut the fuck up and just enjoy a movie and not be a big crybaby. <laughs> The only way you can do that is to find us on social media and hit us up there. You got anything else to say to these uh, people, buddy? No? Good. (laughs) Then on that note, (laughs) suck it, losers!